Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 127, North Star. I serve as your humble and oh-so-gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I'm so excited that you clicked play on this week's episode. If you have not already, what are you waiting for? Make sure you hit subscribe on the Purple Pants Podcast. Give your baby boy a review. I love some five stars. And if you're feeling generous, head over to the Bryce Isaiah YouTube page where I drop exclusive content. Hit subscribe on that too. Okay, bless your life. How has everyone been doing? It's like real. We officially in the holiday season and i got some issues okay listen i didn't you know went on the computer on black friday was like oh i got oh this look cute this look cute this look cute you know i got a couple events coming up so i'm like you know what let me make sure the the baby boy is dripping okay i leave for florida on wednesday why would i order on black friday for me to wear this week it's talk about it's going to be delivered on Friday. Excuse me. Now, y'all know I'm about to call my stepdad, John, and I'm going to need him to dispute these charges because I needed them for this week. But I'm really excited. Baby boy has a busy, busy, busy. I'm like busy as a quarantine. B, B, but I'm not in a quarantine. OK, I'm going to heart to reality this week. So any of the posse that is going, I cannot wait to see you then after well first of all you know baby boy is flying in but the way them prices of them plane tickets was set up baby boy had to fly in a day earlier and fly in a day later because yeah i go with the deals so i am you know gone practically all of this week and then the following week december 15th is bryce and win presents we are heading over to hoboken so if you haven't got your tickets already make sure you grab your tickets we have so many wonderful guests confirmed so you don't want to miss it so make sure you click the link in my bio twitter and instagram do the same for Wendell, and we will see you on the 15th. Now, also, you know my girl, Lauren Ashley Beck, 
is throwing a Survivor finale party over there in LA. Yes, and you know we support our people here at the Purple Pants Podcast. So I have a giveaway contest. I've got two tickets to Lauren's party that I purchased for the posse. So anyone that's in the LA area that can make it to Lauren's party, here are the rules. Okay, you know your baby boy be crazy with the rules. So you got to be following Bryce Isaiah. You got to be following the Purple Pants podcast. You got to be following Wendell Holland. You got to be following Beave Unlimited. You got to be following Bryson Wynn Presents on Instagram. And the last one is you got to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Bryce Isaiah. And if you've done all of that, email me at the Purple Pants podcast podcast and say baby boy I want to go to Lauren party and I will bless you with the tickets so yes it's a lot of things going on the Bryson Wynn presents Lauren Ashley Beck survivor party baby boy going to be in Florida for hearts of reality I just recorded the feedback show with baby boy Robert and you know we got survivor news with me Wendell and Jack so listen your baby boy and plus Okay, plus I got a full-time job that I'm still trying to maintain, aka keep. So yes, your baby boy is booked and busy, but I am so excited to be booked and busy and to just get out there. And I'm so excited to see all of the Survivor, Big Brother, Amazing Race, the WWE, the wrestling people in hearts. I'm so excited to see everyone that comes out to the Bryson Wynn Presents and Hoboken. You know, it's given very much tis the season. And I am so excited for this week's episode. So listen, I didn't rambled on enough. Let me give you the rundown for this week's episode. We have the church announcements. After the church announcements, we have, it's an insecure week. So we got Sharia Lloyd in the building to break down the last two episodes of Insecure. Then we have Purple Pants Promotions. My Temple alum and friend Michelle Williams just released the book. So we're talking about that and her very inspirational story. She definitely opened up to the posse and it is a great listen. Then we've got Gangsta Gurry for our Purple Pants Premonitions. Barb is back with Barb's message and Freak of the Week. So listen, let's get this podcast started. Also, want to give a shout out to the Mams and Pops over there in Texas. She was in Philadelphia for a work event and Wendell and I had the opportunity to meet up with my family. You know, because listen, we go to Together. We family. That's my mother by love. The Mams, aka Miss Amy, even though she don't like me to call her Miss Amy, she says it's the Mams. So we had a wonderful lunch. Oh, not a lunch, not a brunch, but a dinner in Philly downtown. So it was so cute. And so I love linking up with the posse. So I just want to give a huge shout out to the Mams and Pops. But listen, let's get into these church announcements. For this week's church announcements, while I was recording Purple Pants promotions with my Temple alum and friend, Michelle Williams, she had spoke upon something that really touched my soul. She said, 
her North Star and her North Star was service. And, you know, when people find their North Star, it is the thing that gives you purpose, the thing that really kind of like makes you feel like you have found your purpose in life. And that really resonated with me. And I was thinking, like, what is my North Star? Have I found my North Star? When I reflect on it, I really feel like my North Star is a multitude of things, bringing people joy, being honest and vulnerable and, you know, just telling my story and bringing light to people. Whenever I meet people, they're always like, oh, it's your energy. I love your energy. And for a long time, I ran from that. Um, And, you know, I'm 35 years old today. It's not my birthday, but I really received that. And I really feel like my North Star is putting energy and love into others. And I really wanted to put this on the church announcements to say that we all need to figure out and find what our North Star is. And sometimes we are struggling in a career. We're struggling in relationships. We're struggling in friendships. And that's more than likely because we probably have not found our North Star. And if we can find and figure out what our North Star is, what makes our heart beat, what makes our life worth living. And when we're able to definitively say what our North Star is, I feel like a lot of things will fall into place. And so I am encouraging and imploring the Purple Pants Posse this week to figure out what your North Star is, whether or not it's being a mother, whether or not it's service, whether or not it's giving back to the community, whether or not it's helping others, whether or not if it's just living in your truth is your North Star. I want you to think about that. I want you to put some thought and effort into it because I feel like when we can find what our North Star is, the things will fall into place and the goals, the aspirations, the dreams that we have, they'll soon come. But they can't come unless we figure out what our North Star is, what our purpose is, what are the things that we excel in, what are the things that you excited to do. And I'm still figuring out what my North Star is as well. But let's go on this journey together. So your homework assignment this week, Purple Pants Posse, is to ponder, to think, put some time and effort into what is your North Star during this holiday season. And it's the season of giving to others. Let's give to ourselves and think about it. And I really want you to spend some time and thought with this. And this has been your church announcements. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganello, all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. It's a man who, it's a man you, being potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who, it's a man you, being potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. And we are back this week. It's the Insecure Week. So, you know, I had to call my good, 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 good Judy on duty. Sharia Lloyd back with Sweetie Yes, 
I am. I'm so excited to have you back here. I just really love our insecure recaps. Thank you. I kind of look forward to this every other week. I'm like, this is my tea time with rice. Yes, I love it. It's like it literally gives me something to look forward to. And I try to like I don't watch the episode that doesn't come on that week. I try to watch them like together. So I like give me a full hour of insecure. I should have been doing that. But then it's like, then you got to like stay offline. You can't like, you know, yeah, see you what people are talking mm-hmm. about. Because the chat gonna... rooms and everything because they spoil Right. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. But we are here this week and we are covering Insecure. We're covering episode Tired. Okay. Yes. And chilling. Okay. Hmm. I'm tired. Oh, listen. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm so chilling. Chill. You chilling? <laughs> Balance. <laughs> So last week's episode, and I feel like they just work out so well for our um, our recaps because last week's episode didn't give us much, mm-hmm. but it gave us some answers to a lot. So last week's episode, we see Issa and Nathan in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they doing a nasty and, you know, the I love you slips out. Listen, and were you ready for that? I, I mean, so <laughs> honestly, though, in my like experience, and you know, I'm practically a virgin Mary. <laughs> but in my experience, so first, Issa, like they do it in nasty, and Issa says, I love you to Nathan, and Nathan does not say it back. And it creates this weird mm-hmm. exchange. Mm-hmm. However, in my experience, doing the nasty it's always the person saying I love you to me Mm, you gotta like that I mean I don't know if I got the Ashanti good good I don't know (laughs) but for a long time though I I had to like for a long time I would believe it Mm -hmm. you know but then it wasn't until later in my life that I was like okay y'all just okay okay listen (laughs) Just shut up. I just, I know that like when, you know, the nasty, nasty style, I know to just mute you out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Un- unless you biting on my ear. But anyway. Um, <laughs> TMI. So, but yeah, so, and, and that that is interesting because, you know, she says, I love you. And he yeah. doesn't say anything back. Awkward. And we know that like we as viewers don't really know like what is the foundation of this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for, you know, if you were like me, it's like, get rid of him. <laughs> time to go. Huh? You like, it's time to go. It's time to go. Figure out where Lawrence is at. Mm. But, Damn. you know, she doesn't. Have you ever been in, in a, like a, a situation like that? I mean, yes, and it's so funny. I was watching something else the other night, and I was like, but mine never really in, like, the TV shows and movies, though. You know what I mean? But I think I'm on the same way as you, though. I'm usually on the receiving end of the I love you because I don't want to be in that awkward, like, I said it and don't know what to say back. Right. But it is awkward that when somebody says it, you're like, I don't know what to say back. <laughs> right. You just kind of sort of ignore it. Mm-hmm. I also, however, feel like the type of person that I am when I'm dealing with somebody if I ask you a question, oh, I'm going to get an answer. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's no, mm-hmm. like, if it, like, I'm literally that person that, like, I'm that weird person in a relationship where I'm like, I like to know what you're thinking. I like, yeah. you know, if, you know, say we meet, we go on a date, and then, like, you know, we're on the phone 
hanging out. I want to know, like, so what did you think about the date? What did you think when, like, oh my the, gosh, like, the same way? I yes. like, I, it made me listen. Tell me your innermost thoughts. <laughs> yes, like I, I want to know. Like, mm-hmm. and you don't ask me, but you know, it, what you say on me? <laughs> it seems like from the responses of many that <laughs> not a lot of people do that. Yes, yes. I just, you know, I think that. Nathan really is trying to figure out what Issa is, and that's probably why he didn't say it back though. He's like, "Is she playing a she for real? Like, what's happening?" Right? Is this in the, the heat of the moment? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Later yeah. in the episode, we do see that Nathan is like, "I don't know what you want from me. Um, you know, you are one minute crying in my mouth, the next minute, you know, Can't saying that you crying in my mouth. Though. Right? Say it like that. <laughs> for, that just sounds so nasty, though. <laughs> Like, (laughs) then he like, you know, you're saying you want to be with me. Um, Then it's like you love me. Mm -hmm. So and again, as much as I wanted to like be done with Nathan when he brought it back to us, because it's not just Issa, it's us. It's all of us. Mm hmm. That made sense. And it, it did give the picture that Issa was all over the place. Yeah, for sure. So then we get to Molly uh, this episode, Tired Okay, and she is still dealing with, you know, her mom having a stroke and Mm -hmm. in the hospital. However, we had talked about before that, like, she was not necessarily struggling in work, but, you know, falling behind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we see her on a work retreat. Which got real interesting. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been on a work retreat? I've been on several work retreats. And you know, I thought it was so funny because I'm always the type that kind of tries to tread lightly with work people. And, you know, when the drinks start flowing, you know, people get a little loose. Mm-hmm. But it depends on, you know, the crowd, how long I stay down there, how much I'm going to give you. Otherwise, I'm like, hey, good night. Thank you. Right. So I've never necessarily been on like a go away work retreat. The most thing that I can relate it to is like a work happy hour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, enough, yeah. yeah, people, you know, when the liquor start to flow in, it's just interesting to see how people uh, the dynamic changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People get a little free. Mm-hmm. They get a little free. Some people want you to like turn up with them and it's like, no, I'm going to keep it cute. Although like, you know, me keeping it cute is kind of turned up. But, <laughs> you know, I, that was like the just the closest thing that I could relate it to. We see, you know, throughout this work retreat that there is now, first of all, the love interest that I thought it was going to be. Listen, you caught that too? Okay, was the young Tenderoni that she went to school with. Yes, yes, and yes. He could come on a work retreat. (laughs) Anytime, huh? So they were uh, letting go and it was really good actually to see this work retreat because last season we left off Molly trying to make partner at the one law firm that she was at. However, they did not see her in that position. So she moved to a black law firm, which she was excited about, but she felt like she did not fit in. Mm -hmm. And we never really got any closure from that. Yeah. We know she was still employed, but we never got any closure. And so during this work retreat, you know, something came up and they were just like, and Molly was like, you know, I never really thought y'all liked me. And they was like, we didn't. 
I actually love that scene because sometimes you really don't know why people, you know, treat you the way they do. But that gave them opportunity to kind of loose it up and like tell the truth. Like, <laughs> girl, we ain't mess with you. And this is why. So now you know how to move. Right. And so, yeah. And I love that transparency as well. And I also love in the sense of I like I put myself in like Molly's shoes in the sense of like, well, I don't know what I was doing wrong. I was just like, you know, coming and being myself. But like, no, sometimes you need a big humbling. And sometimes- Absolutely. And they definitely humble her, I think. Yes. <laughs> So then the night got wild and Molly woke up with somebody watch in her bed. Now, let's be clear. That has never happened to me before. OK, on a work trip. Thank you. Oh, OK. Well, on, mind, a not, uh, on a not on a not on a not work, so trip. work trip. <laughs> OK. <laughs> okay. Tell my business. All right. Well, I, I never woke up with a watch in my bed. But, you know, we'll say that for the, you know, other podcast. Mm-hmm. And so the next day, Molly is somewhat embarrassed. <laughs> We've all had that walk of shame, Ooh, that yes. text of shame, that call of shame. Like, girl, what happened? Mm-hmm. And I've had several of those. And for me, what I always hate about that, like, call a shame to your friend to be like, what happened? I despise the story that they tell, even mm-hmm. if it's not anything bad, just because it's like, I don't know if you lying or not, but I have to believe the story because... The Casamigos was popping. Right. Absolutely. And you don't have you don't remember anything else. So you got to go. With right. It. And so it's like I I despise it because it's like, urgh, I hate the fact that this is the information that I have to go with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Molly gets to the table and, you know, they basically are like showing her video or her just like <laughs> cutting up, having a good time. Embarrassed. OK, I would be mortified. Then she has a presentation with, I think his name is Tarion. I don't remember what his name is, so enlighten me because I sure forget. It's Tarion. Okay. Uh, or Torian. Torian. Torian sounds about right, yeah. Because <laughs> I'll be making up names. <laughs> we, we go with that. Okay. Torian. So she has a presentation with Torian. Uh, her brother texts her in the middle of the presentation. She's all over the place because we know that she is dealing with her mom. Yeah. He covers for her. They have a maybe happy hour cap. And she reveals to him she's been dealing with a lot with her mom and he's like oh my god like why wouldn't you tell us like we're we're a team here like we would have helped you we would have been there for you and we start to see this love interest develop Mm -hmm. and it's always with the person that like you know, when you were like in third, fourth grade and it's like, oh, I don't like you. You got cooties. Yes, yes. It's the person you just really don't even see coming. Right. And so nothing really like, you know, we don't see much of it, anything in this episode. And then the last like little note that I wrote from um, Tired OK was Crenshaw. <laughs> Or Crenshawn. He a mess. He's a mess. Now, this is the guy that Issa was working with. He was fresh out of jail. And he started his own clothing company. Issa, you know, got him a partnership. However, they wanted him to turn down, like, tone down 
a little bit of his show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of debated back and forth whether or not we felt like she was selling out or whether or not, like, you know, you have to, there are rules in corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, he did what he was going to do and he felt some type of way because, like, Issa, in his eyes, did not support him. Now, every episode since then, there's always been a Crenshaw reference, whether he's tweeting on something like, she a sellout or the block is not for the people. Yeah, which is so interesting. Maybe it's like a reminder to her or something. Right. And you know, it, or, or it's like that something that you're dealing with that like you try to ignore, but it mm-hmm. keeps popping up. And then at the most like random and times where you think you're in the clear, it reveals itself again. Yep, yep, absolutely. And she had uh, another potential, um, I don't know, client, I guess you can say. And, you know, she was getting pitching to them and they're like, where do we know you from? Like, you know, and they was like, oh, yeah, you did that thing with Crenshaw. We good. Hmm. Small world. You never know who you come across. Mm-mm. That's why it's, I, you know, always tie up. Close. Is it closing? Loose ends. Loose ends. Mm hmm. So, and that was basically tired. Okay. Yeah. Now we get to chilling. Okay. <laughs> and it's a girl's night. Girl's night. Always a good time. Yes. I am a proponent, a lover, a fan. Uh, I don't know what else I could be of a a good kiki with your good Judy's. Absolutely. That time is much needed. It's, you know, like, and what I loved about this girl's night, so Issa has Molly, Kelly, and Tiffany over. They're supposed to get massages. They're going to dinner, and they're going out. And they're just really, like, just good, good girlfriend time. You know, mm-hmm. good friend time. And for me, what resonated the most was, like, you know, while they were just doing whatever, and they started getting ready, and every, like, you know, one friend is in her living room using the mirror, the other, like, I love when you get ready with a friend. It's so much fun. That's when the good, juicy conversation starts to happen, and you're just, like, letting down your guard, enjoying yourself with your friends. Yes. You know, you putting your face on, getting your mm-hmm. outfit, like, you know. Keep hyping each other up. Hyping each other up. I feel like, you know, during that time, you know, you reveal some of your insecurities, like, while you're getting dressed. It's just Absolutely. a very, um, just a good time. And so if you have not had a good friend time, a good girlfriend time, a good bro time, I think that it is important that you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're all getting ready and they, what do they do? So they're playing like this game. Um, and you know Which- where you put up. A- they were a little hesitant to play because they said last time, or Kelly said last time, <laughs> things went a little off the wall. First Gotta be of careful all. what questions you ask. First of all, we had to take what Kelly says <laughs> lightly. With a grain of salt. I love um, her. But I love Kelly. <laughs> what I do also love about Insecure um, in this girls' night is I love how they normalize marijuana. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think for a long time. You know, the the war on crime and, yep. you know, you know, it's a gateway drug and all of this stuff. Um, and, you know, a lot of, when you see marijuana or you hear about marijuana, it's normally a drug bust. It's this is that. Yeah. However, I love how they just like show it like, you know, 
friends getting ready, you know, being responsible and just having, you know, just getting lifted. Yeah, I'm with that because you're right. It was a kind of a stigma to it, right? Years ago. Now it's kind of like, well, that's the thing. You got a gummy before we go out. You got right. a little smoke. So this is how we relax before we go out. Mm. For those that partake. Okay, you know it. <laughs> so, um, that was one. And then, so they were playing this game that Kelly warned them about. Um, that, you know, you put these questions in the hat and you ask, like, you know, what you want to know. Now, for the podcast... I did want to propose this to us. Uh, one of the questions was... Um, if you had to spend the rest of your life with the last person you slept with, I don't know what the end of it is like, you know, <laughs> how would it go or what do you think that would be? So, you know, Sharia. Mm-hmm. Let me be careful how I answer this question. <laughs> um, if I had to spend the rest of my life with the last person that I was intimate with, Ooh, it would be a struggle. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it I don't know if it would be that fun, but the bedroom yeah. was. Yeah, well, and so that's the same with me. Like, the last person that I was intimate with, mm-hmm. um, I feel like they're a jerk, but not really. But I feel like if we had to spend the rest of our life together, I feel like we could possibly make it work. Ooh, look at you. Yeah, mine, we're not going to make it work because I'll be like, you calm down. You're too serious. Relax. Relax. Yeah. I need fun. This- yeah, this jerker. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's a jerk. Like, you know, I had food in my kitchen. And, you know, when he was leaving, I was like, you know, you want to take this with you because I don't want it. And they was like, oh, yeah, sure, 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 sure. And so, you know, then the next day I'm like, don't be Joe Bryce. Just leave it alone. But then, no, of course, my Joe self text like, hey, like, how are the leftovers? <laughs> cricket. You just cricket, it, huh? cricket. I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Right. We always do that. And then, you know, two days later, you up. But anyway, (laughs) so so they they play these games. They just have fun with each other. And I, I love to see it because, again, there is nothing that like replaces my good times with my friends when we just like you know just juicy truth telling yes and so there was a point where Issa was like hey Tiffany like I got these earrings for you and you know she's like oh thank you and then Molly was like is this the last time that we all got together Mm -hmm. and they're like yeah and then so Molly comes to this revelation where she says uh, being intentional with the people you love yes and I think that that is so true especially for young adults you know millennials that are around the age that we are and -hmm. we've talked about this before uh, is that Friendships are relationships, and the older we get, the harder they are to maintain. Absolutely. You have to nurture friendships the same way you do intimate relationships as well. And, you know, it's 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 going out of your way to, to let them know that you care. Mm-hmm. It, it's, you know, attending kids' birthday parties. It's attending mm-hmm. cookouts. You, it's, you don't want to. When you don't want to, it, it's setting time when you could just be laying in the bed. Mm-hmm. So all of those you know, things, yeah. all of those things, and so you know, we know with Molly going every going through everything that she's going through with her mom, 
that, you know, time is precious. And so I, I loved, again, this theme of the episode was really about the friendship. And, you know, when you get together with your friends, sometimes things get revealed that people over the phone, via text, they wouldn't reveal to you. Yeah. And one of the things that gets revealed is that Tiffany's husband um, got a new job offer in Denver and she might be leaving the group. Well, not leaving the group, but leaving, but leaving the, city. the city. Right, right. Which which feels like you're leaving the group because it's just different when you're gone. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I've experienced this as an adult where I've had a friend group and a friend like leaves to another city and it almost feels like a death. It does. It does. It just like changes the dynamics, right? Like, oh, we're used to seeing each other. Even if it wasn't as often, you know, it's going to change even more when somebody's like in another city. Right. It's more effort, more work mm-hmm. to maintain the friendship. Yeah. And yeah, like that was just something that I, I absolutely could relate to in the sense of like, you know, maybe my friend doesn't move away, but my friend might get married. My friend might mm-hmm. have a child. My friend might be engaged. And the dynamic, it, it, it really does feel like a death. And it absolutely. feels like, you know, you've got to, you know, have to maneuver around it. But one thing is for sure is that change is always constant. So like, mm-hmm. you know, the friend groups that you're in, the, your like, you know, family isn't going to be here forever. Friends aren't, you know, so it is a uh, very realistic, uh, for that conversation to be had. Yeah. And I love how Kelly was like, well, why did you tell me? Cause as a friend, you feel like, well, dang, was I the last person to know? Right. And Kelly, not Kelly, uh, Tiffany says something that, resonated with me was Mm -hmm. if I told you then it would make it real and if it made it real then I would have to deal with like Mm -hmm. everything that comes with it and I can't tell you how many times in my life I keep things to myself for that very reason absolutely because sometimes you, you have to wait to share things yeah, and you you have to process things yourself before you can share them with others. Absolutely. Absolutely you do. So that was interesting. Um also, well we'll we'll get back to game night. Also what was trending was Kendola and Lawrence. Mm-hmm. They popped in there for a little minute. You know, it seems that, you know, Lawrence and Condola are getting the co-parenting together. For the moment. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I've heard several times via Issa, via Kelly, that Lawrence has moved back to the city. But do we know that for sure? So we don't know that. We have not seen the physical move. But on... Last week's episode and this week's episode, they reference that he has moved back. Mm-hmm. I think so I on that. So I don't know whether or not, but we know that Issa saw him and Condola at the hospital and they seem to be getting along. And so Issa in her mind was like, oh, they're happy and together. Issa says that she went to his Instagram and saw he moved back and that, you know, he seemed happy and that like, you know, she's just like, you know, I, I guess I missed out. Now, Kelly and Tiffany dropped a dime that at, Kif- at Tiffany's child's birthday, everything wasn't so honky dory. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I can't tell you how many times in my mind I see something and I create a narrative in my head. Yeah, and I, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yep, we all do. Mm-hmm. And you believe it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was that. Then we kind of sort of get back to girls' night, and you know, with 
uh, Kelly being like, you know, the haunting of girls. Like, you know, ish always happened. So she was saying that, like, you know, it's the night of the exes. <laughs> and uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Molly gets a work call and goes out on the porch. And she kind of like, you know, flirty, flirty. And they all like, who was that on the phone? Mm-hmm. Trying to get out in the business. That's what happens. Though. You go by, you're like, who is she talking to? Right. And I'm, listen, I'll be right up in the business. Mm-hmm. Like, who that is? Right. So she reveals to the girls that her and Torian have been like texting and communicating a lot more. However, like, they're each keeping it cute. Nobody's crossing that line. Yeah. And it is difficult when you work with someone. Some workplaces have in place that, like, you can't date employees or, like, you know. But when, let me propose this question to you, Riri. Um, Mm -hmm. If you are flirting with someone at work, when is it appropriate to, like, and not cross the line, but, like, you know, give them a hint that... The door is open. Luckily, I've never really had to deal with this because I work in education and most of the men are married or they don't want me. Okay. Um, (laughs) However, I just, oh, it just doesn't ever seem like it's a good idea, but it sounds cute, though, to, you know, talk to somebody that you work with. But I feel like you just got to, I don't know, maybe you just got to have boundaries. I don't know when the right time would ever be, right? But it's just like any relationship, like if I'm feeling you, Take this chance. Why not? And so who do you think should make the first move? Should it be the male? Should it be the female? Or should it like or that doesn't matter? I don't think it matters unless they're in a position of like power at work. You know what I mean? Where someone is over another person. But in this case, in Molly's case, I'm like, one of them just has to speak up. Right. And I low key feel like it should be Tori in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. So they they're talking about their exes and, you know, they they're encouraging Molly to text Torian. They are crafting mm-hmm. a text for Molly to send a Torian. Now, I don't like that. Y'all ain't going to take my phone. You? No, not the taking the phone part, but like you can definitely help me. I mean, that's what we you do. can help. Like, me. No, we're not taking the phone, though. So as Molly is getting ready to send the text, her old dip, as we like to call in Philly, but that means like your old little jump off, your old little flame dro calls. (laughs) Now, dro is married in an open relationship. (laughs) And if the relationship is still open, dro can dro me. What's that sweetie song called? That's my type. That that's, that's my okay. My listen, type. that's your type, huh? Drow. <laughs> you felt that. Listen, where is the? It's tis the season. Where is the mistletoe? Okay. Um. So Drow calls and they're like, "Why is he calling you?" And I was like, "I don't know." And then you know, Kelly's like, "It's it's it's the thing of the exes. Everybody's I mean, the exes." Kelly like, "My exes in my DM." It has me like. But Tiffany, like, girl, he in your DM because you DM'd him. <laughs> now, that's me, though. Okay? <laughs> he didn't just I come out the booth for you, but you, you, you signed up for that one. You was right. all in there. <laughs> I will spice the story to my friends. Like, listen, they texted me. Like, no, good, yeah, no one good and well. That's funny. And Issa gets the courage to call Lawrence. Mm-hmm. 
But they quickly hang up the phone and like, girl, what are you doing? And Molly gives her good advice. She says, if sober you tomorrow wants to talk to him, then call him. Oh, man. Listen, when you are under the influence, I tell you, sometimes you will call anybody. Mm, mm. Listen, you have a, you I have definitely a, made some calls. I regret it the next morning. You ever wake up the next day and look through your call log or your text and be like, oh, like, why? Why? Why would you do that? Like, why, why? do you like, uh, <laughs> yes. Then it's like, yes. oh, then you give them the upper hand. Like, no, we ain't yep. doing that. I literally on those tipsy drunk nights, I definitely have to be like, nope, nope, not going to do it. Not going to yes. do it. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm very good for deleting a number and blocking it. So Ooh, that I like I was like that. But see, it doesn't really help because then you can just go into your blocked numbers and like mm-hmm. you see the number that like so but I mean it is like you do have to think about it while you're doing it so while you are going into the unblocked and looking at the number you could be like is this really what you want to do yeah yeah think about it <laughs> <laughs> so uh but also like while Issa calls Lawrence Lawrence and Condola are really kind of um Figuring out co-parenting and yeah, they're having, they were having a nice little moment, right? They were absolutely having a nice little moment. And then I was thinking like, ooh, is this what Sharia predicted? The, the, hmm. the sleepover? Yep, it's coming. However, I thought that they handled it like, you know, Lawrence put up a shelf, washing the dishes, they're telling stories. And, you know, Lawrence was like, you know, baby, I don't know what the baby name is, but baby Lawrence, is <laughs> like the, the best thing to happen to my life. And Condola yeah. says, I'm so happy to hear that. And she goes to reveal. We don't really know what, but I'm assuming that when they were not together and she was pregnant, that she possibly could have considered an abortion mm-hmm. and that, you know, she. She says to him, I want you happy. Like, I see all of the sacrifices that you have made, but I still want you to live a happy life. And for me, that was almost telling her to be like, that was Condola telling Lawrence, like, live your life. Like, we, we're we not a thing and live your life. Yep. And to the viewers, it's really like, go get Issa. Mm-hmm. And... Lawrence says the same thing to her and you know he picks up his coat and leaves I was like ooh so I guess that's like that really kind of maybe for us as viewers it ends the Condola and Lawrence possibly being in a relationship I feel like that kind of wrapped that up you think so I think so okay I can see that happening yeah I can see that I mean it was a good co-parenting moment maybe that was the moment where they were like like you said they both said I want you to be happy and this is it right because I felt like if it was them it, it would be like because I felt like multiple times during that conversation Lawrence was like referencing when they were together yeah and he wasn't necessarily referencing that in the future tense mm-hmm. this is true this is true you might be right. I can't wait to see how that plays out. Yeah. So the girls' night ends. The ladies go home. Nathan calls Issa. And what he tell Issa? What did he tell her? Oh. I'm like. <laughs> so he calls and tells <laughs> I'm sorry, wait. <laughs> that he's sorry about how he handled things and that he loved her and has always loved oh, her. Oh, yes. You know, my mind was still on, oh boy, I had to switch back over to Nathan. 
<laughs> you was on Lawrence like a dollar. I was still on Lawrence. I was like, wait, what did he Oh, but you on Drow. <laughs> no, you were on Drow. Okay. I'm yes. Now, okay, I found, okay, sorry. I literally was still on Lawrence in my head like, wait, what are you telling her? So yeah, he calls and, you know, puts this dilemma on Issa. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel like the way that the episode is going, the way that they are narrating it is... Issa's not happy in this relationship. Well, I mean, she's saying she love him, but everything else reveals that like this is more of a relationship of convenience than a relationship of actual love. I think she's also trying to really get over Lawrence, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's that convenience part that you're talking about. Because she said earlier, like when the girls are like, I mean, I've done it before. I can move on. You know, she was even talking about him. So I think she's trying to She's trying to make this work for her own mental, like, nope, can't have Lawrence, so I'm going to just do what I do while he, he's around. You know what I mean? Right. That's what I but, think she's kind of trying to do. And is that fair to Nathan? Is that fair to mm-hmm. her? Like, you know. Yeah, it's not fair to either of them. Right. And who knows that if, like, she was a 100% in, could this be a relationship that could work? Hmm. Who knows? But we clearly see as the viewers, they she has not said it, but we six seasons in, we know Issa um, at this point. And of course, the episode ends with who calls Issa back? And Lawrence. Mm. He calls back. However, Issa shows some restraint and does not pick up. Woo! Do you know how hard that was for her? I know because I've been there. And I wonder, has she not, if Nathan did not call, would she have picked up that phone? Like, you know what I mean? Like, now she feels obligated in this, like, I love you relationship with Nathan Uh that, mm, you know, are you going to do to Nathan what you did to Lawrence first season? Like, you know, like, is this the full circle that we have come? Even though, like, I kind of want to see her back with Lawrence. I still, like, I'm so happy, though, that she kind of played her cards in that situation. Like, nope, I got the control. Nope, not answering. Well, we only have a a couple of episodes left. However, the way the narrative is definitely looking, they wrapping things up Mm -hmm. with Lawrence and Condola. And we see Issa and Nathan might be saying, I love you, but it's not like a, a solid situation. No, it's definitely still up in the air for sure. So, I mean, again, I've said it before. I'm a lover of Issa and Lawrence. However, I just don't know if I really want to see. Like, I don't know if I want the show to end with them getting back together because I don't know how realistic that is. Maybe it is. Realistic. That's the part though that I'm saying. Like, no, most of us, our stuff don't end like that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no, it. She is. They need a fresh start. Both of them. That's how it needs to end. Even so I get so cute. If they was together. <laughs> I mean, maybe it ends with them being on speaking terms and the possibility is open. Like, who knows? Yeah. But I don't know. Again, listen, I'm I'm, I'm speculation, speculation, and I'm thirsting for these (laughs) next two episodes so we can figure it out. I know because I'm like, Nathan, he's just, he don't have no value. He's just there. Yeah, no, it's it's just like why y'all bring him back? Yeah. And I, I I really feel like they're going to leave it that like Issa's going to break his heart. Uh, of course. And you know he's just getting his mental health together. He's being open. He's being honest. And of course, like I said before, that's always how it goes. Like yeah. in this game of love, mm-hmm. when you ready to love somebody, the person that you love is chasing somebody after. Like it, it's yep. just this. That's how it be. 
never the, you ended. know that's the thing about timing and life right with people that you love I truly believe it's all about timing and sometimes you gotta wait for it to align mm. and sometimes it doesn't well they say if it's true love you can let it go when it'll come back hmm, so they say child I'm waiting for that boomerang Me to come too. back <laughs> so <laughs> they say <laughs> so they say so they be lying yeah. <laughs> Let me know when it come back to you. Right. Okay. Listen, because I'm I'm looking out the window now, <laughs> and it's a clear sky. I don't see I don't see anything. It's the season. But yes, so that is the two episodes of Insecure. Sharia, thank you as always for coming back and busting it down for us and giving us the tea. Uh, You have a very busy week ahead of you. So I am sending you love and light. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Your positive energy is going to, you know, boost me into this week. Yes. Yes, girl. I got the the Zoom link and I will be on mute. Okay, listen. And you and no camera. Okay. Okay. Don't call or text. Oh, my friend said, it's the rules for me. (laughs) But listen, sometimes you have to be very clear. And maybe after the next, you know, after the next two episodes, we can come back and share with the posse what we're talking about. Yes. Can't wait to see our predictions, how they come true or not. Yes. Uh, Oh, they coming true, though. (laughs) So I need everyone this week to send positive vibes and love to Sharia. And we will be back in two weeks. See y'all soon. And we are back this week with another Purple Pants Promotions. I'm so excited to welcome my Temple alum classmate to the podcast. So I want to formally welcome to the podcast, Michelle Williams. Yes, period, Pooh. Here I is. Yeah, okay. I heard you was looking for me. Here I go. Here I go. So I am so excited to have you on the podcast uh, because you are releasing a new book and I've created this segment on my podcast called Purple Pants Promotions to really like be able to highlight people that are doing amazing things. And you, of course, are one of those people that are out here in this world doing amazing things. Thank you. I mean, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to do something out here, man. Yes. So before we even get into the book, um, so I wanted like people to know like who you are, your background. Um, and so me and Michelle, we went to Temple together. We majored in education. But I always like to ask when I have like friends that I went to school with or anything like, what do you remember about me from back in the day in school? Who child? Let's see. What don't I remember about <laughs> Bray? <laughs> For one thing, you were just like energy, energy, energy. And what's crazy is like every time we we didn't actually even hang out with one another a whole lot, 
but every time we encountered one another it was just like love yes period like just <laughs> love and energy and it was consistent yes so, say you know that says everything about what I remember about you yes. what do you remember about me so I remember um, I remember we had a lot of classes together because we both were education majors yes. um, and I remember you being outspoken I remember like if you disagreed or did not like something you were very vocal about it Uh, (laughs) okay I definitely remember that and yeah I just always remember positive energy and there aren't a lot of people that I like when I see people in the street like I'm like oh they went to temple but there isn't a lot of people that I per se remember by like name and different things and you are definitely Mm -hmm. one of those people that I like when I think of temple you're probably like the five people that I think of Oh my goodness. Thank you. Yo, that is so funny you say that because I guess one thing about me is I am consistent, child. I will say what's on my mind. Yes. Like, you did period. not go back. I was like, who is this girl? Okay. <laughs> I feel like we need to be friends. But Mouth almighty. Okay. Since you graduated from Temple, what have you gone on to do? So when I graduated Temple, I started teaching at Harding Middle School. It was a school up in Frankfurt area off Torresdale. I was actually there for like six years, which is not common. Usually teachers like bounce and bounce and bounce. So um, I stayed there, taught there, taught all kinds of special education classes from autistic support, emotional support, co-taught math. So that was like really my jam. Then I went on to teach in a charter had to move back home to take care of my father back home in Allentown. And then I am now back where I belong in this city because home is where your heart is. So I hear, yes. um, and I've been back in Philly for about two years now. Yes. And, and so you say that you taught in like the Frankfurt section of Philadelphia and any of the mm-hmm. listeners that are listening, it, it's definitely an urban setting. <laughs> um, and what, what do you feel like, what was your observation teaching in a setting like that? And clearly you said you stayed for six years. So what were some of the things that's like a new teacher did you see um, in the school district of Philadelphia teaching in the Frankfurt section? So, all right, mm. let me um, just be discerning with my words. So any new teacher, right, it doesn't even matter where they're located, right? They're going to typically struggle. Um, because I did not start as like a brand new to the classroom teacher, because while at Temple, I was actually running educational programming for a nonprofit. I already had a lot of at-bats with like how to talk with parents, how to run a class with 75 kids. It was just me in the Saturday program. So when I did finally get into a class in school, I didn't feel like a new teacher. Like they didn't believe I was a first year teacher. They were like, what? I'm like, yes, this is my first year. So because I had that confidence and that background coming in from my um, nonprofit experience, it, it was it was fun. I mean, I love the kids. I love the parents. The biggest thing is really always going to be administration. Mm. And it doesn't matter if it's Frankfurt section, Northeast, Northwest. Like there's always dyma- dynamics that you have to navigate within the school district when it comes to admin. But if you're a teacher and you know why you're there, 
right? You know, you're there to service families and kids. You will find the joy that will make you stay in a, a place five, six, seven years. Yes. I love that. And then I also have a question because a lot of listeners uh, to the podcast are, are in school. Some of them are like in for social work. Some of them are in for education. What are maybe like two or three advice that you would give to a new teacher that might be graduating in January or graduating in May and going into a classroom? What is something that if you could tell yourself before you got in that classroom, what's a gem that you could drop to them to help their career off on a better start? Okay, so I'm I'm hitting you with the questions. Yes, and that's okay. Let's see. One thing I would say is to implement a work life balance right away. Mm. Right away. Don't wait till you are 10 years deep off the like one foot off the edge of burnout trying to like implement some kind of healthy work-life balance don't do that to yourself okay because it's very easy to be a first-year teacher and want to do all the things and volunteer for all the things like yes i'll do that after school yes i'll do this tutoring okay so like implement that work-life balance no is an acceptable answer especially if you're not being compensated um second thing would be to know your north star so my north star was service like everything about the way i approach teaching and working with families it's a service industry for me in my heart I'm, i'm here to provide a service i'm here to help my parents and teachers and i mean students um and so like if you that was my north star whatever your north star like the reason why you got into education um hold that close and like keep that very close to your heart because education is messy (laughs) <laughs> like it's messy. I told my students at Temple, um, I'm at adjuncting at Temple now, like don't don't get caught up in like the twists and the turns and the constant changes and try to make sense of it because a lot of it don't make sense. Right. So you have to be able to move like water. Okay, just like ebb and flow with the changes, but just know why you're there and keep your North Star, whatever that may be. Um, And then third, have fun. Relationships over content. You're not going to teach a kid a daggone thing if they don't know you. They don't like like you. You got to like them. Like, it's okay to spend the first few weeks of school doing 60% relationship building and 40% content. Yes, I said that. Mm. Because by the time it's like when you need to like teach them that content, you'll have so much of the the culture of your classroom built around relationships and respect and love that you can teach them anything and they'll be ready to receive it. Yes, I love that. Oh, yes. And and I, I lead by that in doing social work is that, you know, I can come in with a goal like, you know, I'm here for a reason to specifically, you know, this behavior or whatever is going on. 
on. And I could come in and be like, this is what we need to do. Um, and they're not going to receive it. And so I always mm-hmm. try to like go in with, you know, relationship building. And my model is I always try to treat any new client that I have like a family member. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of sort of how I lead. So I love that. And I'm surprised you ain't say have the classroom on point because I know for them six years that you was teaching on the social <laughs> media, I you, know, would, my you, you would be having no classrooms <laughs> up there. I'm like, oh my God, look at, look at Michelle. So listen, right? Like I'm an artist. So like I draw, I paint, I write, I create. So like when it comes to designing and putting together a classroom, that's like interior design. That's another art form. So like, yes, it was always impeccable. Like you want your space to be inviting. You want people, you want kids to walk in. You want parents to walk in and just feel good about the space. Who wants to go to a place every day for 181 days and it looks like trash? You're going to reciprocate that energy, right? But when your classroom's on point and it's beautiful and it's clean and you make the students a part of the classroom, like every year I taught my students had chores. Yeah, I'm talking about even my emotional support students. Like at the end of the day, we were vacuuming, wiping down the uh, Clorox, wiping the desk, you know, all the works, all the things because it's your classroom too. So yeah, that is actually like a key element to good teaching that gets overlooked a lot. Yes. You I remember like every August you will be up in there like getting together. And then September you will be like, I remember, I don't know what it was one year that I guess you were like out for a couple of days and you came back and he was like, look at my classroom. Okay. Oh, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. I oh remember. Oh my God, that's too funny. Um, so let's get to the reason why you are here on the podcast today. I'm so proud of you. Uh, you have you. released a new book and it's called Little Z and Firefly A Journey to Finding Love, Light and Love. So yes. break it down. Tell us what this book is about. Tell, like, you know, j- just get into the tea. Okay. Whew, mercy. All right. So the ebook is out and the paperback is coming. I wanted to order a demo and get it in my hands and see it. So it's ready. So it's going to drop like it's hot any minute now, definitely before Christmas. So y'all can grab it for your little loved ones and little nephews and nieces. Um, oh, man. Um, Yeah. So I wrote this book after experiencing a lot of trauma. Um, I had been in a pretty dark place after. um, hmm. So I guess there's no way of avoiding talking about this, Bryce. I'm just going to say the things. I'm sure this is like not what you expected but um in it's 2017 a, it's a safe ahead. space so you know <laughs> the, my podcast is all about you know transparency being vulnerable um and releasing that into the world so no this is definitely a safe space so i just want you to know that before you go into whatever you're about to share just know that like it will be received with love thank you um but I've never talked about this publicly, but it's hard. To, I can't talk about the book without talking about things. So in 2017, I was sexually assaulted in my home and it pretty much rocked my entire universe off kilter as expected. Right. And so during that time of like my low point, someone in my life, my aunt Etta, who is like, 
the most amazing, beautiful, caring woman in the entire universe um, was really encouraging me, really pouring into me, um, really teaching me about mirror work, how to look at yourself and say, I love you. Cause that was a very hard thing to do mm. for a long time. And so the school year, my assault happened in April. The next school year, around September, I met a young lady who was just an absolute light. I mean, this baby walked in the door and she's like, I am here. Uh, All the things are amazing. And I recognize that in her. And I'm always this teacher who can like see past, um, you know, negative behavior from, you know, most teachers like to be, oh, that kid don't listen. But that don't really be it, right? There's always more to why children are behaving the way they do. And so she might have been exhibiting some behaviors, but I could still see the light. So come to find out she shared with me, and it's okay that I shared this because we've talked about it openly about what she wants me to share, what permissions I have to share. And she um she just turned 18. Oh my god, my baby turned 18. She's like very comfortable with me sharing. She was experiencing some sexual assault herself. Mm. And we at the school were going back and forth with Childline, trying to like do all the things, right? We're mandatory reporters. Right. Not going to go down that lane because I'm sure you know, Bryce, a lot of things get like lost in the sauce mm-hmm. when you're trying to do right by children. Um, and so eventually we got her to self report and it triggered a whole bunch of actions really fast. And what was going to happen is she was going to go to a shelter. I knew that that was not going to be conducive to her mental health. And I volunteered. I said, Can I take her? I'll take her temporarily for however long until we need to get her into a proper foster care system. That way she didn't have to go to a shelter placement. And they said, yes. So in like 48 hours, I transformed my tiny little apartment and made it into like a home for a 14 year old and did all the things, bought all the clothes, got all the, like just put everything together. And I welcomed her in my home for about three months. Over those three months, I then just did all the things that I was doing um, for myself, right? That my aunt was doing, teaching her to look at herself and say kind things, Um, you know, journaling are all the tools that are in my book keeping um creating order like getting up and making the bed every day that one thing just that one piece of thing that you can control and have order over um joy oh my goodness joy getting her back into doing the things that she would love she would love to write she loved to draw she loved to do all kinds of things so really fostering encouraging that and um definitely like negative self-talk oh my goodness she used to talk so poorly about herself and so i started doing this thing every time she said something unkind about herself i would keep track on a tally mark and i'm so petty so by the end of the night she had to say double so she said five negative things about herself she'd have to say 10 uh-huh. i don't care if she said she liked the eyelashes like uh-huh. you have to say 10 kind things about yourself and eventually over the few months that she was there she she realized she's like madre because she called me madre madre i don't say i don't say mean things about myself anymore i'm like yeah i know I noticed. I've been noticed. So like these things work, but they take time to implement. And so 
the experience of having her in my home was beautiful. We did a lot, a lot of healing and loving on one another to heal ourselves emotionally and mentally. And uh, one night I just, I don't even, I don't even remember what it was. Like, I don't remember what the trigger was, but this story just poured out of me and I started drawing. Um, I did not write the book first. I drew it. Mm. So here I am up four o'clock in the morning working on this like cartoon, um, cartoon boxes. I like drew it all out. I started again. I did it again. And then I got this huge poster board of canvas paper, watercolor paper and drew the entire story out and then went back and then added the text and that storyboard that I sketched is exactly what my illustrator took to make my images um, digital. So like, it's pretty awesome feeling to know that like, yeah, mm -hmm, that's my, those are my sketches um, to make this story come to life. So yeah, that is, that is how we got here. It's little V and Firefly. Um, Definitely been a labor of love. I love it. And I love how you're you like it was pouring out of you, like literally like no words, no, pouring, like, you know, no like, words. you know, coming out. And I just think um, so many people in life, uh, myself included, like we experience these traumas. And I think in the nature of the society that we're in or how we are raised, like we're taught to keep it inside. We're taught to like Mm -hmm. not talk about it. And I always say it it like manifests itself. And like sometimes negative behavior, sometimes, you know, just you you do certain things and you don't understand why. Um, And I I love the fact that you're able to take a negative and you're able to, to inspire others. You're able to, you know, be, the per like be your aunt to someone else. And I think that that is so important. And I'm, I'm just a huge proponent of like self-reflection and, yes. you know, I always try to talk to myself every night before I go to bed. And like, you know, there are things that I don't like things that I want to change, but I always try to put a positive spin on it. So I, I love that. And I, um, yeah, it's just so, uh, inspiring. And, you Thank know, any, you. of course, anyone that's listening is so inspiring that like, you know, no matter, no matter what your circumstances are like that does not determine your happiness it's like you determine your happiness Mm -hmm. and no one can take that away from you absolutely you write your narrative you write the ending to your story um and and it's just like it's hard in the moment it's hard in the moment because you think like that's your whole entire world view it's hard to see that there can even be a possible out of it so like when my aunt was my firefly right the one encouraging me like it was hard it wasn't like this okay i'm just gonna say nice things like it was hard to even look at myself the shame you feel that Mm. comes with that kind of trauma it's it takes a long time like this book was written three years ago you know like it takes three oh my god going on four years ago it takes a very long time and so the fact that I was attempting to even be the firefly to little Z and even though I was still little Z myself like it's a lot and but it's beautiful that we were able to get through and keep healing I always frame like people who are well I'll speak for myself like I always frame my assault as like surviving ing right I'm a surviving sexual assault right because it's like it doesn't stop right Right. like it doesn't end 
like, okay, check marks and over it. Like it's a constant work. So like this book is important because if you can implement these things into your just daily living, right. It'll help the, help the ing part right help you just keep pushing forward because when you go through things some things right like doesn't uh it's not like you have an illness right and i can survive it because i have overcome it the cancer's gone you know like doesn't really happen like that with some things so definitely definitely appreciative of the process Absolutely. And would you categorize this book as a like, is it a journal? Is it a self-motivation? Yeah, it's like a self it's like a self-help book, right? It's a book that teaches children the different tools to use when they find themselves in the dark place. Like the dark place for us, we call that depression, right? Mm -hmm. People don't realize that kids go through a lot and they go through all the same emotional range that us adults do, but we don't typically validate their feelings. And we typically try to say like, Oh, you ain't got nothing to worry about. You ain't got no bills. Okay. That doesn't mean that they're not hurting. Right. Sad. And now that you shut down when they're trying to express that they're feeling sad to their worldview, they may be sad about something that happened in school, but you know, if they have a tool and an outlet to express those things for themselves, it's better for them to be able to process in case they don't have a parent or a guardian or, you know, someone that they can turn to. Um, but it's also a book for, for adults, too, and caretakers, Bryce, because the higher firefly has to learn that, like, you can't just make someone happy. Hmm. Right. Like you can't be a parent or teacher or whoever and just be like here here's all the things i'm buying you this i'm giving you that why aren't you happy or why aren't you satisfied doesn't work like that right that's the person that child has to be like ready to receive mm-hmm. right anyone and not even child it's in life right when you're trying to help someone that person has to be ready to receive it and you can't help someone by doing the work for them but you can empower them Right. By giving them actual tools and strategies to empower themselves. So the book is so transversal throughout all ages, Um, but it is marketed as a children's book because I care deeply about adults mental health. So I figure, listen, we can start them young, give them all these tools. Right. You know, they can be more, you know, healthier adults in the future. Yes, I I love that, and I'm like, as you talking, I'm like, well, where where can I get this book at? Okay, because I'm ready to order my copy now. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So it will be on Amazon. Um, it'll be it's a ebook is there if you want to pre order the ebook. Um, and the paperback should be out within the next two weeks, or I'll say week. Um, just have to finalize some things. I want to get that that proof in my hand so I can see it and look. Yeah. Yes. It and feel it and be like okay yes um and for you and to take then, it in for yourself yeah, and be like I, you created this yes yeah, man take that moment to be like whoa yeah and and take that moment <laughs> to remember that guess what i'm still surviving and mm-hmm. thriving mm-hmm. absolutely all the things and then what'll happen is there's actually going to be a workbook that comes out so that the parents can have an actual 
tool for their kids to use in real time. So it's not just like, oh, here's this book that's cute. No, actually, go get your workbook and go go journal or go here, go get your workbook and let's see how let's remember that we need to keep order. Like so something for kids to actually utilize in a real tangible way. So just a lot of things coming down the pipeline. Yes. And we will definitely keep our ears and eyes to the streets. And when it's available, it's available now on ebook on Amazon. And when the hardback copy comes out, we'll be sure to post a link. Where can people follow you at or follow this journey if they want to come along with Little Z and the Firefly journey? Where, where can they follow you at? Yes, they can go to little Z underscore Firefly um, Instagram. So at little Z underscore Firefly. And then um, there's a there's a link to my personal my personal Instagram. If you want to follow me there as well. That's nor this nor that all one word um, Instagram also. Yes. Well, I'm so proud of you, Michelle. I'm so honored that you would come, of course, and share your story with us here on the Purple Pants podcast. And um, yeah, I I love like we were talking before, like when I was in Temple, I didn't think that... um, like when I graduated, I was like, I really leave with no friends, or no connections. And I always see like <laughs> these people at different schools and they're like, they're all so close. But I, I think that everything is in due timing because mm-hmm. I, I feel like within like the last year and a half, I've made so many connections with people that I've gone to school with. And I'm just like, wow, Dang. like, you know, like, where was that at then? But I, it doesn't matter because we're it here, matter. Now. It's here now. Right. right. It's here now. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, it feels yeah. good to be circling back and teaching, teaching back at Temple. It's so cool. Yes. Like, full circle. Teaching in Ritter Hall, right? Oh my God, not Ritter Hall. Well, yes. mind you, that's where my, that's where we had most of our classes at. I know. Second floor. Okay. Um, it's so cool. It's really beautiful to come full circle like that. Yes. For sure. I love it. Well, congratulations. And I'm speaking success onto this Thank book. You. And so Thank make it. sure, yes. And make sure Purple Pants Posse, you get behind this and, you know, you follow Little Z and Firefly. Click the link, get through your ebook. And when the hard copy comes out, make sure you support my girl, Michelle. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I love you. And I'm so proud of you. Ugh. Ciao. That's a whole nother podcast. Okay. Just doing the damn thing. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, you know, see you, Simple me, okay? Hey, period. And we are back this month with your Purple Pants Premonitions brought to you none other then by our gangster that is the Gurry. Welcome back to the podcast, Gangster Gurry. Hello, hello, hello. How are you guys doing out there on this wonderful month of December? What's the tea, y'all? Yes. Okay, in the building. She back. She here. She ready to go ahead and tell you what the tea is for the last month of the year. Come on, bars. Okay. Okay, listen. <laughs> come on. Okay. okay, listen. She got bars this morning. She ready to go. No, I'm so happy to be back. Um, it's so crazy that we have made it to the month of December. Like, we are at the end of 2021. To me, that is so wild because this year has been flying by. Okay, it's like I turned around and yesterday was August, child. <laughs> right. That's what I was literally telling my friend that the other day. I was like, I was on the phone with her and I'm like, 
I remember in June being like, it's about to be December. Mm-hmm. And it's December. So mind you, I'm going to claim this right now. It's December, about to be June, okay? Okay, listen, the way the time is going, it's just like, I can't keep up. And I was about to say, if I didn't have a calendar or a clock, I would have no idea what time of the year it is because it just feels like everything is moving really fast and we're just trying to keep up with everything. We just got through eclipse season and I don't know about y'all, if y'all know about eclipse season, but that's when things start speeding up even more and then it's just like everybody's out there acting crazy, crazy energy, chaotic energy all over the place. So I feel like I am looking forward to the rest of December slowing up just a little bit so that way we can go into 2022 with some power, with some peace and uh, with a new state of mind, you know, as we've gotten through the last two years of uh, the 20s, I guess you could say. It's been it's been an intense time, to say the least. So I'm looking forward to something feeling a little bit more uh, grounding, a little bit more stabilizing. And it's just like, what have I learned over the last two years and how can I show up as that person in that energy every single day, knowing that, you know what? I don't have to worry about what anybody else is saying about me, what they got going on about me, because I have a plan. I have a mission. I got a goal that I'm trying to reach. And I feel like that is what this last month of December uh, of 2021 is telling us to lean into. So I want to go ahead and get into this tea because, listen, I I was feeling real nosy this morning before I hopped mm. on. Um, and I was like, let me get a little tea beforehand so that way I can make sure I prepare appropriately um, for this reading that I want to offer to you guys. So for anybody that's new out there, um, this is a general guidance uh, reading. Essentially, what I do is pull cards and the cards related to whatever energy we have going on around us at this time. This is a little bit of we'll give you it's like a little insight. Like, how can you get your gold star? You feel what I'm saying? Like, you know, you out there in the streets, life is happening. And it's just like, well, how can I stay focused? How can I stay grounded within myself, knowing that this is what the energy is supporting? So um, I have two Oracle cards from the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit deck. And then I also have two tarot cards from the Guardian Angel uh, tarot card deck by Radley Valentine. Our messages for this last month of December are represented in the Dragon totem and the lion totem okay so i want you to sit and think about right okay it's giving very fierce okay very (laughs) fresh very all over the place very magical very ethereal because when you think about a dragon right you think about something that's powerful something that obviously flies that uh are dragons real like it's this sense of mystery it's this sense of the unknown um but it's also this sense of you know power it's this sense of really being rooted in who you are and knowing that wherever you show up you will be received because listen when you show up in a room people can't people can't miss you you are a shining star and it's just like your energy pops no matter where you go and along with the lion when you think about a lion i want you to just you know go through the adjectives that come to your mind so i think of courageous you know full of strength very as bryce said very wow you know what i'm saying very feisty okay so how are you allowing these two energies to coincide with one another as you are stepping into this new year as you are maneuvering throughout this month of december i mean we're still in holiday season you know the girls may try to try you but at the end of the day you'll be like you know what i'm not gonna let you give me all that because i know who i am and i'm not trying to i'm not gonna play these games with you because i ain't got no time for that okay 
So with the dragon and the lion totem. So dragon totems are normally uh, revered as finding your voice, right? Being heard, being truly understood. Um, dragon spirits are drawn to people of intellect, dignity, um, authority, right? So I want you to think about how you are stepping in your authority, how you are knowing that no matter where you go, you are worthy of respect. You're not going to let anybody tell you how you act. And there may be some people that try to come at you sideways, but do you have to play into that energy, right? Do you also have to play into that energy when it comes to yourself this month? You know, we've done so much work to become these powerful beings. We've done so much work to become grounded in who we are and know who we are wanting to become as we go into this next year, right? So I want you to take some time to reflect on how powerful and how aware of your true north you are as you are going through this last month. You know, when is the last time you've given yourself some gratitude for being able to stand on your own two feet and make some things happen where you didn't think there was a way? And the dragon totem is showing up to tell you the greater the effort, the greater the rewards, okay? And then along with the lion spirit, you know, lion spirits, they symbolize external power. They symbolize uh, forces that dominate or rule parts of your life. So it's all about you having courage to go through any issues that you may be dealing with in this season, okay? Um, so I want you to think about, for me, this comes up as like family. Uh, this comes up as, you know, sometimes when you move away or maybe you're not uh, in your home state potentially, or maybe you are, but every time you have to go back home, it's like a, a sense of you learning more about who you are today and maybe where people thought you were a certain type of way and you are growing into who you truly want to become. So what are some of your big dreams? What are some of your big goals that you have when it comes to to just being your most authentic self. You know, you don't have to slow up when it comes to sharing your voice. You don't have to slow up when it comes to saying how you feel and letting other people in to who you truly are and how you want to bring them into these different parts of your life. So I want you to think about some aspects or some relationships that you may be dealing with in this season and you really just want to step in your own personal power as you are going throughout the rest of this year. How's that sound to you over there, Bryce? I'm feeling it. I'm receiving it. You know, I um, I want to be financially independent or financially free, unhinged. Mm -hmm. I'm, I want to get this credit off my back. Amen. So listen, that's what I'm claiming. Okay, listen, and it's like you already have the vision. You already know what needs to be done in order for this to happen. And now it's just about you knowing and affirming that you can do this. Like, what are some of the things that may have stopped you from uh, being able to step into financial freedom? Or maybe you thinking, oh, I won't be able to until I'm X age. It's like you're limiting yourself, right? And as you allow yourself to know that this is what I got going on, this is the plan that I have, this is how much I've learned for me to even want to be able to do this, that's how you uh, assure yourself that you're going to step in with a big old W. So I want you yes, to keep well, in mind I mean, this. Well, well, why are we assuring stuff? I'm going to assure me a house. I want okay. to assure me a man. Okay. I want to assure me positive thoughts over myself and like, mm -hmm. you know, letting go of that negative energy that I sometimes carry with me and that like, you know, I think negatively first before I think positively, you mm -hmm. know, just putting it all on the table. Okay. Okay. And that's the beginning of self mastery. Okay. Mm -hmm. Self transformation. Come that's on, what Super Soul Sunday. Into. Okay. Listen, you know me, I got to bring a little for the girls out here in the streets. No, but this is really all about you allowing yourself to know that you are learning who 
who you are and becoming better at that. You can't do anything else but be the best version of you. And sometimes that looks, you know, very prim and proper. Sometimes it's a little gritty. You know, what I mean? it's a little dutty. But at the end of the day, that's still your personal power. And it's very important for you to remember that when you stay plugged into that attitude of gratitude, you can go for the gold any single time. Now, our final messages come from the messenger of thought and out with the old in with the new. The messenger of thought says a new topic or intellectual project is really exciting for you. There's so much to learn before you feel ready to move forward. New information may require changes to your plans. Review all documents carefully. You know, we'll meet or are someone who loves to learn and share knowledge. This person is brilliant and truthful, but also blunt and not very diplomatic. So this is a sign there may be some people out there that are wanting to start a new career, maybe want to start picking up a new talent, a new hobby. Um, and you may feel like, well, where do I begin? Where, what's the first step I should take? And it's really just you knowing that, like, I want to begin with this new opportunity. I want to try something that, you know, has been in the back of my mind. I've been a little scared. I want to do all my research and everything. And it's like, you know, the best time is now. So how about you just go ahead and get, you know, get that ass in gear. I can't even lie about it. You got to go ahead and make sure that if that's what you want to do, just go ahead and start. You got to begin somewhere. So stop second guessing yourself or waiting until, you know, oh, I'm waiting until the first of the year, whatever, whatever. Like, why don't you start today? Why don't you start putting together the ideas today? And then with out with the old in with the new, it says heaven is showing you a sign. It's time to move in a new direction. Often this is because you're not happy and feel a lack of purpose in your life. This is a wake up call to make changes that match your heart's desires and your spiritual truths. So who are you today? Not who you were, you know, last year, not who you were five years ago. Who are you today and what do you want to do today? And how do you assure yourself that you're ready to go ahead and make something new happen? It's time for you to go ahead, close some chapters and know that you are starting in this fresh new cycle of energy. We just stepped out of eclipse season um, and eclipses are, I think of them as like benchmarks of life. It's like this is the theme of life that I'm living in right now. And this uh, final solar eclipse that we just went through is helping us to close up chapters so that way we can start new ones based on this lunar eclipse we had in Taurus at the end of November. So I want you to think, what are some of the new things that you've been wanting to put your energy into? What are some things that you've been interested in trying out? Maybe it's something with like your job and they've given you a new uh, a new task, you know, a new responsibility to take on. And you've been seeing, hey, I actually like this. Like maybe I want to lean into this a little bit more. Maybe I want to study this a little bit more. This is the time to go ahead and start putting that energy where you know you deserve to. Okay? Yes. So, that's my general reading for the month of December. It's pretty light. I just want you guys to remember that this month is really all about stepping into uh, the attitude of gratitude, the season of transformation, and knowing that wherever your energy and intention goes, that's where the positivity flows. So, stay focused. Stay optimistic. And stay uh, stay vigilant. Because I also want to say people may try you. You know what I'm saying? People may, may have some words. People may say something. You'd be looking at them with the little face like, huh? Like, what? what is you really trying to say? And they may be trying to get a rise out of you. But that doesn't mean that you have to play into that game. You know you know what's going on. You got your eyes. Your peoples is open. Your spirit is telling you, mm-mm, they, they're trying to play you. They're trying to uh, pull this energy out of you. and be like, you know what? Actually, I'm not giving you that. I know who I am. I know what I came here to do. And you ain't got to ask me nothing else. Okay. Yes. I am here for it. I love the message of December. Okay, we leaving all of that 2021 
behind us and okay. we are transforming into the new and improved and better version of ourselves. Amen. Okay. I yes, I can't thank you enough, Gangsta Gurry, for providing us with a whole year's worth of forecast readings and love pouring into us. Um, it's really what the Purple Pants podcast and the Purple Pants Premonitions is all about. I hope that, you know, throughout these 12 months, you guys have been able to receive the messages. And listen, if you like, oh my God, this is the first time I'm hearing Gangsta Gurry. Well, listen, you could go back to the Purple Pants podcast and replay some of the messages. Because they are, uh, they hit. When I tell okay. you they hits, they okay. hits. But, okay. Okay, before we go, where can the people find you at? What if they want a personal reading? What if they got a question? What, what's the tea? Drop the tea. Listen, Purple Pants Posse, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your family for another full year. I'm so full of gratitude and so full of thanks for having the opportunity to do this for you guys. Um, if you are interested in finding me on social media or procuring your own services. You can find me, Gangster Gurry, Gangster with an A, because we don't do that ER, Buster-ish over here. You can find me on Patreon, where I like to give a personal touch to some of my readings. And if you're interested in your own personal services, reach out to me, GangsterGurry at gmail.com. Can't wait to see you guys in 2022, okay? Yes, but before 2022, if you guys are coming to the Bryce and Win Presents, Gangster Gurry has confirmed he will be in the building. Yes, so he yes, will. Make sure you guys say hi. And yeah, I'm excited to see you in a couple of weeks. Yes, it's going to be lit. And I'm looking forward to being able to close out 2021 with my famous, my favorite bitch. Okay? Yes. <laughs> and that is your December 2021 Purple Pants Premonition. Bob's got a message. Bob's got a message. Barb's got a message for you. Barb's got a message for you. Oh, and I hope it comes true. Hi, this is Miss Barb, and you know. Sometimes it's the hardest thing in the world to do, to move on, to leave behind something that's not meant for you, to walk away from something you never imagined you'd have to walk away from. But sometimes it's the very thing that will set you free. It's the very thing that will allow you to start healing and finding your light again. It may take every single ounce of your courage, strength, and bravery to move on and to walk away. It can bring you days or even weeks of tears. It can even hurt like hell. But when something is no longer meant for you, my beautiful friend, you must move on. You must not keep carrying the unnecessary weight and the heavy burdens. You must not continue to hurt yourself for people and places simply not meant for you. You don't have to have a clue for what's coming next either. Because when you move on from what is not right for you, 
you'll make space for what is meant for you. And that, my dear friend, makes all the difference. Love you. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be And we are here at this week's Freak of the Week. And when I was reflecting about what could or should be the Freak of the Week, it really came to me. And I was like, you know what? Let me give some props to Survivor. So this week's Freak of the Week is CBS Survivor. After last week's emotional episode when we saw at Tribal Council with Deshaun, Liana, and Danny really speaking about what it's like to be black and playing the game of Survivor, it really touched a lot of people. And when you see positive imagery like that of Black people, black men, black women, all people of color. I think that we need to take the time to acknowledge it and praise it. You know, we were on a campaign last year to diversify Survivor, not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera. And CBS answered the call. And we have season 41. And it is the most diverse season ever. And it is a great season. And I just am so happy to be able to be proud to be a black gay man loving this show of Survivor. You get to see the rainbow of people personalities, genders, everything. And here's hoping to keeping Survivor diverse moving forward. I'm excited to see season 42. I'm excited to see how this season going to end. But I just really wanted to take the time to acknowledge that very powerful episode. And I hope that people watching the show, listening to the podcast, that they take something out of it and they can implement something like that into their own life. And so listen, CBS Survivor is the freak of the week and that means we are at the end of another amazing episode shout out to all of you guys for listening always supporting i appreciate it so much and if you have not already please make sure you are subscribed to the purple pins podcast we're available anywhere you get your podcast from hit the subscribe button and if you are in a subscribing mood you can head over to youtube and subscribe to my youtube channel bryce isaiah where i've been dropping exclusive content but make sure you are subscribed to the podcast giving your baby boy some five stars, writing a review and telling a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to find your North Star because it's a it's a it's a it's the purple pants it's the purple pants it's the purple pants podcast you better get your headphones and listen up quick it's the purple pants podcast you better listen in public might make your stomach hurt it's the purple pants podcast you're trying to un Wine, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants.